Welcome to Life Uninhibited. I'm your host, Kristen Messagy, Enneagram 6 Life Coach for Sixes. In this episode, I really dig into feelings. Sixes have a complicated relationship with their own feelings. Hopefully, this episode will give you some clarity around your own experience and some ideas about how to move forward. Let's dive in. Hello, sixes. Welcome to another episode about feelings. Feelings is such a big part of our lives as sixes. And it's just something to talk about a lot and to talk about it from a lot of different angles because there are so many different ways to approach the, I'm just going to say, the concept of feelings. If that's not a sexy way to talk, right? The, <laughs> the idea, I mean, here's the thing about feelings. For most of us, we would rather think about them, talk about them, intellectualize them, than actually feel them. And in fact, there's a whole lot of our personality that is constructed around not feeling feelings. So we're going to get into it. I want to talk about our feelings. I want to give you a framework that might be useful in terms of feelings and emotions, how they're different. I want to talk about the relationship between our thoughts and feelings. And I want to talk about our relationship to our thoughts and feelings. So a while back, Y'all follow the Empathy Architects on Instagram. They are my favorite Instagram um, Enneagram people. I think just their content from an educational standpoint about the types is so good. I get so much from their posts. And a while ago, probably over a year ago, so a long while ago, they posted something about sixes. And they said that sixes are the most emotionally complex number on the Enneagram. And I had never read that. I had never heard that. And at first, shocker, I mean, this is kind of the clue right here. I had an emotional reaction (laughs) to reading that. It, I didn't like it. I felt defensive. I think I felt curious. I thought, well, that can't be true. I think that as per the Enneagram is taught in lots of ways, I had sort of given that over to fours maybe as being they're so deep and complex or whatever. I'm not going to get into talking about fours because that's a whole that's a whole nother thing. But I just was really surprised, defensive. And then pretty quickly, I started to kind of come to terms with it. Like, of course, this is all in the span of what? 10 seconds, 30 seconds, who knows? Our brains move quickly. And I thought, well, that's really fascinating. And it makes so much sense. It makes sense from sort of where we're coming from internally, which is the having a lack of connection with our own internal knowing, our own sense of 
well, ourselves, our own grounded selves, it makes sense in terms of the range of how we respond to emotion in terms of, you know, the phobic, counterphobic, whatever continuum. It just, it just made sense. Also, because we're so subconsciously oriented to not experience emotion. This is what so much of our personality is. But of course, we have all the human emotion. So I just thought, wow, it really makes sense that because we have all this human emotion, but we don't sense our own capacity to actually feel emotion, that that in and of itself, that relationship there could cause a whole lot of a whole lot of things, a whole lot of internal discomfort, a whole lot of um, the behavior that we see and do as sixes. So yeah, that's a lot of a lot of ways to say I heard it first from the empathy architects. And I was like, yeah, it's true. We're the most emotionally complex number on the Enneagram. And we don't generally like all of the feelings that we deal with. I got a question I asked on Instagram, you know, what are some questions you have about feelings? And someone said, when I have a negative feeling, it's like I have all the negative feelings at once. Is this normal for a six? And I thought, absolutely it is. And if you look at what I just described, there it is. We have an emotion that happens in our body. And then we have a thought about that emotion a thought and a feeling reaction to the emotion. So what do I, what do I mean? If we have, if we're sad, if we're, well, let's just go with sad. Generally, we are not the kind of people who think or say, I'm sad today. I'm experiencing sadness today and kind of get on with it. No, if I'm sad, it's, What is making me sad? What's going on? Why am I sad? Oh, that, I shouldn't be sad about that. I should get over that. I should, I mean, there's becomes this layered thing that happens. Emotion happens in the body. We are looking for the cause of the emotion, which has us, I mean, that process in and of itself causes a whole bunch of emotion. We also can take a whole bunch of things that happen in our bodies and we tend to kind of transmute them into anxiety because because of this idea that what is happening in my body is a problem. So, okay, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Let's slow it down. What is a feeling? A feeling is a set of sensations that happens in my body. Okay, it's not a thought. It's not something that I'm thinking, although there is a connection there, which I will talk about. It's body sensations. And this is true for every single emotion. There's a set of sensations that go along with it. And they're relatively similar for people. They aren't, of course, the same across the board. I mean, for one person, anger is going to show up in some part of their body and for someone else anger can show up in a different part of their body for someone 
sadness, shame, joy, glee, delight, horror, all these things. They're relatively universal human experiences, but of course, there's going to be variability between people. But all of that is a set of sensations that occur in the body. Chest, guts, face, arms, legs, all experienced at different places in our body. Now, without without a sense that we can experience those sensations, the system goes to try to stop those things from happening or to find who caused this, what caused this. This is a problem that needs to be solved. Okay, this is the first thought connection. This is, and this is generally a subconscious thought, right? This generally isn't a thought that we are aware of. But you can probably apply this to yourself. Feeling occurs. Brain says, uh-oh, we have a problem here. Something has gone terribly wrong. And because we believe something has gone terribly wrong, we start to look outside for the cause of the problem. So right there, maybe you can imagine that if we could change our relationship to the emotion, to the body sensations, that could be pretty impactful to our experience of feelings. So. We're just going to put a little pin in that as a piece of work we can explore. But here's the other thing that I want to highlight, the difference between feelings and emotions. Now, this is not like any kind of gospel. This is just a framework that I find really useful in terms of sixes specifically and emotion. We have the feelings, which I just described. These are sensations in our bodies. They exist inside of us. Okay. When we have the emotions in our body, we don't want it. And one of the ways that we cope with the intensity of emotion, sorry, of feelings is to emote. So you can think of an emotion as the expression the outward expression of the feeling. And the the activity of emoting is a way that sixes sort of take the edge off the feeling. And it works and doesn't work in varying degrees, kind of depending on the response that we get. So if I need to, if I'm feeling a lot of feelings, I can literally feel myself want to complain or start to kind of go outward to discharge that experience that I'm having inside. Now, my brain is going to 100% support this with a whole bunch of thinking. My brain is going to offer me a whole bunch of story and narrative that I need to emote, to take the intensity off of the feelings. So this is where you get a whole bunch of, we could call it, I think it's a, I don't love calling it this, but it kind of is what it is. Sixy complaining is I'm having feelings and I don't want to be having the feelings. So my brain concocts a whole bunch of story and narrative 
that supports my emoting, me taking the edge off of my feelings by saying a lot of words to someone. Essentially, I'm kind of trying to not necessarily give them the feeling, but I don't want it. And it's easier for my brain to think that someone else caused it because it's so uncomfortable for me. Okay, here's where it gets a little bit tricky. We're going to be wading into the waters of owning the creation of our own feelings in our own bodies. Why is that tricky? Because we don't want to do that at a deep, deep level. We want negative emotion to be created from external sources because then we think we have a fix for the experience of negative emotion. And that makes sense. If you really just look at that, it makes a ton of sense. Like if I can externalize the creation of negativity, then my brain says, all I have to do is go about fixing the external things. I can tell people what they can do to be better and not make me feel that way. I can, any number of things that we go externally and and we can sort of live in this space of, well, if this changed, if that were different, if this, then that, then I would feel okay. And it really sets us up subconsciously to think we have some control over experiencing negative emotion. And from some part of us, that just makes so much sense. It actually feels like there's hope and possibility and the sense that if we just can do everything right, and if we can get everyone else to do everything right, then we can finally feel how we want to feel, which is more peace, more contentment, more equanimity, more joy, more happy, you know, whatever it is that you want to feel more of, we think we can go out and fix things and that can happen. Now, a different part of our consciousness is aware that these are all human emotions and all the bad things that we think about actually can happen. And there's actually probably no real protection from these emotions. But I, that part of us does not tend to be in charge. Like that's in there. We know what's true about life. We know it. But that part of us, it's just not in charge. It's not sort of leading the way tends to be this other part that's like all we have to do is you know prevent and foresee every disaster and uh make sure that everybody sort of does their part and then we can all be safe and secure and okay that actually sounds easier to our 60 setup than truly making peace with reality <laughs> that is like not an option that our brains offer up as the work that we can be doing. 
which is just really interesting. And I, I have a lot, a lot, a lot of compassion for that, especially when we think about these, uh, you know, the operating systems were created when we were little, long, 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 long time ago. If we were to create our operating system now, we might do it differently. We might say to our systems that we're creating, hey, there's going to be a lot of joy in life. There's also going to be a lot of suffering. I mean, this, you're all like, you know this, you know this, but this is not the part that programmed your child consciousness. This is adult consciousness that says, hey, there's going to be a lot of hard stuff. And I want you to know that you can handle it. And I want you to know that all of these feelings that you're going to experience are part of life. And you absolutely are capable of having these sensations move through your body. That is part of humaning that is doable and and okay. And there's probably going to be a lot of it. And the more you're open to all of the sensations happening in your body, the more you're not only going to really have what you need to move through the hard times, but you're also really going to be able to be open to the goodness. You're going to be able to experience joy when that's available. You're going to be able to really feel close and connected. You're going you're gonna to experience love in its most profound ways. The more you can open up to the sensations that happen in our bodies, you're going to have this full life and you're going to be able to do what you want to do. And that's how it's going to go. Most of us are crafting, forging that part that I just enacted. Most of us don't have that part firmly on board. And why would we? Why would we? What of our life so far has really given us that sense of deep, true acceptance of what life has to offer? So this is another place this gets tricky because when we start to talk about how our feelings are created in our own bodies, and this is actually a very empowering mindset because if we outsource and say everything that happens, everything someone says or does, every little thing that happens is responsible for creating my feelings, we have no uh, ability. We are totally disempowered in that framework. There is no sense that we actually have any capacity to impact our own experience. What can happen is that people think, oh, so you're telling me it's my fault that I feel bad when something happens. When does it get to be somebody else's fault, right? It's, it's really more of the same mechanism. It's like, I don't want to be responsible for feeling bad. I really want to think about whose fault it is. When does it get to be someone's fault? And this process right here, this sort of working through this is very, very individual. So if someone does something that I take as very hurtful and I am not 
it's it's not about whose fault it is. Whose fault is this pain is actually a a brain argument that takes us out of our own feeling experience. Needing to know whose fault something is, is it my fault, is it their fault, is actually a mental exercise that keeps us from being with, processing, supporting ourselves in our own pain. Whose fault is it? This feeling shouldn't be happening. Those are brain exercises that actually inhibit our human experience. So it's not, it's just really like, are we doing the work that is truly beneficial to our healing, to ourselves, to our own empowerment as individuals within the collective? So I think I like how I said that. I hope that that helps this framework because it is very challenging. It is very challenging to be with our own feeling sensations when we are not practiced at that. It's very difficult. And when we think that there is some danger to having negative emotion, and most of us do until we don't, I really want you to hear me say that until we don't. There really, really is building capacity to experience all the sensations that occur. And there are so many things on the back end of that that are so worth your effort. One that I can really name is the ability to choose what you do in your life, not based on your fear around how that is going to make you feel. So there's really two thoughts that if I could program your brains, I would put in there. And this is what they are in relation to feelings. One is I have the capacity to experience any feeling. I can do that. And I want you to imagine what would open up in your life if that were true. What things are you not doing that if you knew you could experience any feeling you might walk toward. When we are looking at doing something, and this is like an external thing or an internal thing. This isn't necessarily just like putting yourself out in the world, although that can be it sometimes. Sometimes it's take a break. Sometimes it's end a relationship. Sometimes it's start a relationship. There's so many places where this shows up. All of the places is where this shows up. So if you knew you could feel any feeling, what would you do? When we are looking at something we want to do, the fear has to do with, well, what's going to happen? And if we and if we go to that thing, well, let's let's go there. What are you, what are you worried about is going to happen? And we say, I'm worried, I'm worried this thing's going to happen. And we say, okay, what if that thing happened? How would you feel? There's always a feeling. It comes down to feelings. We don't do things because we're afraid of how we might feel. We do things to avoid feeling a certain way. Bringing these things to our consciousness can be so useful because a lot of times when we go ahead and 
actually tell ourselves the whole truth. Well, I'm not doing this because I'm afraid I'm going to feel this way. I'm, a, I'm afraid I'm going to have this experience. And we can really put that in our consciousness. A lot of times that can actually kind of start to dissolve what we're so worried about, the resistance, the things that are in our way. So that would be one thought. I can experience any feeling. The other thought would be something along the lines of, I get to decide. I mean, if you work with me for any length of time, this becomes something of a mantra. I get to decide. So if someone does something that I find hurtful, that I don't like, and this is, you know, big and small ways, no one gets to tell me if that wasn't hurtful or if I should feel differently about that. When we outsource validating our feelings, creation of our feelings, good or bad, when we do that, when we give all of that power to other people, we have lost our own capacity to say, it doesn't matter if that isn't true for someone else. It's true for me. I get to decide. I get to decide that my feelings are valid. I don't need someone else to tell me they're valid. I don't need someone else to... Now, that doesn't mean that I don't have people in my life that help me with my feelings. You know what I'm saying? It's not. This is not black or white. But the fundamental belief that my feelings are my feelings and my feelings make sense because my body made them, <laughs> that would probably actually be what it is. My feelings make sense because my body made them. And I get to decide how I'm going to take care of myself now that these feelings are here. I imagine for many of you, that's a new orientation. And it, what if all the layers of, you know, resistance and judgment of the feelings, what if we could just get rid of those? Then what? Then you're just there with your feeling. And then what? Maybe it's okay. Maybe you're okay with that feeling. Now, what I understand is that this tolerance, this increase in tolerance, this increase for capacity to feeling is a process. This is not something that happens overnight, but it is something that happens in increments. And then kind of sometimes the next thing you know, you're really living in this different version of your body because it's more open and receptive to what is because we've built capacity to be with what is which is really quite profound and i will never believe that that's not possible for everyone no matter what has come before this moment i will never believe that every person can't have a more secure relationship with themselves by increasing their capacity to feel their own feelings. It is not easy. This is not easy work. This is very challenging work and incredibly worth your time. I would say if you're looking at like bang for your buck in terms of what work we can do, learning to expand your capacity to feel feelings is probably going to be the biggest payoff. That's a bold statement, but I'm, I'm sticking by it.
Okay. There's some stuff on feelings. I hope that was useful, helpful. Give yourself a break a little bit around what you're feeling. Be encouraged that you can feel more than you think you can, which ultimately allows you to have more choice in your life, which is what all of this self-development stuff is all about anyway. You having more choice in your life to live it how you want to. Okay, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening. If you want to send me feedback on this episode or any episode, go ahead and send me an email. You can also fill out a form on my website. I would love to hear from you. I want your podcast ideas. Let me know what you're thinking. It really helps me frame what I want to talk about. And that just makes it better for you. So let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. Have a great week.